Welcome to the Woman in Comedy Festival podcast. I'm your host, Amy, and today I am speaking with the wonderful, talented Laurie Smith. And it was such a joy to speak to her. She was really inspiring, especially to a lot of people who may be out there who are thinking about doing comedy or thinking about doing something different in their lives. And she really just went for it. And her journey is absolutely amazing. I really had a good time sitting down and talking with her. Obviously, Laurie Smith is um, the co-host on the podcast with Paul Smith, which will be coming out very soon. And she is debuting her first show in the Woman in Comedy Festival and tickets are selling very quickly. So it's, we're really excited to have her a part of this festival. And as I said again, it was a joy to interview. So enjoy this episode. Oh my god! I interviewed Anna Thomas. Yeah, we got halfway through. Yeah, and I checked the time, and we hadn't. I'd accidentally. Oh, yeah. oh that's the worst. It's the worst. And then so that's we... happened so many times to to us. Oh my god! And it's not my fault, by the way. <laughs> no, it was definitely Paul's. my fault. <laughs> I know you kind of just have to start again and pretend, yeah. but we didn't pretend. We were just like, we've done this yeah. already. Yeah. yeah. Um. Oh, I should have said before we're not doing an intro. We're just going to chat. Just chat, yeah. And I'll do the intro after. Yeah. Because I just think it's much more casual yeah. that we just start No, it's weird because, it like, I don't know what it is because, obviously, I've done po I've yeah. podcasting before. Obviously, me and Paul had a podcast, um, What's the Story, Paul and Laurie, which we are starting again. Cool. Uh, so we stopped because, obviously, Paul's on a massive, he's been touring forever. Yeah. <laughs> um, and it's coming to an end and then we're going to have a little break at Christmas and then January. Oh. Cool. We're starting it again. I think we're going to bring Callum Oakley into the mix as well. Oh, so nice. Callum Oakley is like the one who, who's, who's supporting Paul. Um, but yeah, we're going to, I think the, the, the three of us bring a good dynamic. Yeah, because he was. Not in a weird way. No. <laughs> <laughs> but he wasn't in the original, was he? No, it but him and Paul did have a podcast together called the Funny Bastard Podcast. Yeah. Which I thought of the name of, by the way. Okay. Um, but yeah, they had that, and it was brilliant. But um, I don't know why they stopped doing that. I think the guy that was involved in it, I think that was a bit of a weird thing with him. And then I think they just like sort of put it to one side at the end. Yeah. Um, but but I think yeah, they, I think we're we're considering whether to like go as a as a th as a three. Yeah. And maybe change the name from what's the story for and Laurie if Callum's going to get involved and mm. maybe take it back to Funny Bastard, but with me in it, basically. Yeah. <laughs> so that you're just in all of it. Well, we're trying, we're buying a house at the moment oh, and um, cool. it's got like a detached massive garage. And oh, it's yeah. just, I mean, Paul likes his cars and stuff, but I mean, we can turn something in, we're going to turn it into like a podcast studio. Yeah. Um, because when we used to do it before, it used to be in his spare room and it was like so tiny. Like on the camera, it looked like it was, there was loads of room at the back mm, of the camera, mm. but really it was in like Paul's box room <laughs> on lockdown. Yeah. Just sweating our tits off. Just. I mean, it's kind of the same as here. Like we're just in a tiny studio. Yeah, I think frog. it was smaller than this room. Yeah. <laughs> I tried to film the first one and I was so nervous and I was trying to get this to work that my finger accidentally double clicked. You know, on your iPhone? Yeah, yeah. If you accidentally double click, it will film it for uh, a second. It's and like then when stop. you like, you know, when you like someone's photo by accident yes. and you stalk it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it was so it was this similar. 
similar thing to that. <laughs> and then we went all the way through. And then like the whole time we were like, are we posing enough? So for when the you camera? like someone's photo from 2016, <laughs> someone, someone, so like one of your ex's girlfriend that you yeah. <laughs> talking like, oh, yeah, yeah. Double tap, oh, fuck. <laughs> yeah, it was definitely like that. And so the whole time I was like, oh, no, I've stuffed it up. Yeah. Didn't film it. But it was fine. It was yeah. fine. We just roll with it. It keeps it all yeah. authentic. So who have you had on then? So I had Hayley Ellis, yeah. Alison June Smith, Alex Stringer, and Anna Thomas. I love and Alison. Then, yeah, I love yeah, yeah, yeah. I and you're I'm, my fifth one. So yeah, far. I met Alison uh, for the first time. Um, it was when all the COVID sh- shenanigans were happening, mm. and we had to have gigs outside. Oh yeah. So I met her in Chester, and she was on uh, one of Danny's like garden gigs. Danny yeah. uh, McLaughlin's garden gigs and uh, yeah, she was she was the first. Obviously, I hadn't been with Paul very long then. Okay, she was the first w- woman comedian that I ever met. Yeah, you know, um, in this industry that I'm been swept up in. <laughs> yeah, like so how did you get swept up into it all? Is comedy something? Because obviously, you're naturally funny through your podcast, yeah, and, and I, you've got that natural. Yeah, and I think um, I think what it, I've always been. I've always done performing arts. I went mm. to uni in okay. Birmingham and done performing arts. Um, bit too serious for me. Like we used to do like really serious scenes, mm. and I'd just have to like make a like a fart noise or so, just so much stupid. And I, I used to think to myself, I used to go home every night. I think, why am I such a dickhead? Yeah. <laughs> why can't I just fucking do a normal scene, like serious? Uh, but I mean, I used to my I used to be the class clown. I was like the oldest one because they were yeah. all fresh out of college, all yeah. these uni students, and I was like in my twenty, like late twenties when yeah. I'd done it. Um, and you don't realise the age gap then as well. Yeah, like I mean, think, I am a child sometimes at heart. Yeah, but <laughs> so I'm, I fit right in. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like I was like the mother, but also the childish one at the same time. Um, so performing, I've always been. I went to college and done dance. You know, like don't ask me to do any contemporary shit now because I think that it's I'm too old for that shit now. Uh, but I used to do street dance. I used to teach. I used to teach street wow. dance to like Ooh. kids and stuff. Um, I've always been into comedy from a young age. I was always the kid that used to like be like, oh, make us laugh. Do you know what I mean? I yeah. used to do like funny characters, funny accents and stuff like that. I used to make all my, co- I used to like put performances on for my cousins as like mad, mad silly characters with mad accents. And so I think it's always been important to me and it's always been, it's, it's to, you know, when you're good at something and then you don't realise it's a thing. Yeah. Until someone goes to you, you're you're actually you've got something there like you've got a talent or whatever i've just naturally always been like that um and i'd never i love stand-up comedy always going to comedy clubs never been here which is mad because mm-hmm. I've, but the thing is what's mad is i've never really been out in manchester and i don't okay. know why because i am a woman in the world i've traveled yeah. around quite a lot <laughs> even before i met paul but um yeah for some reason just never been to this comedy club, but always going to comedy clubs. I was always that mate that used to be like, come on, we're going to this comedy club, we're going to see this show, we're going to see this comedian. Um, And I think, um, like, how I met Paul was going to the comedy club and I got put on the front row and that's how we met. Yeah. So, like... Um, my friends always go, it's it's obviously you would marry a comedian, do you know what I mean? Yeah. Or you would end up with a comedian. But I'd never, consi- love comedy, but never considered stand-up. Mm. I don't know why. It's not even like I've gone, oh, shall I do stand-up? No, 
Like I just genuinely just never considered it. I always love to do um, characters and yeah. sort of that characterization sort of comedy. Yeah. Um, never considered just being myself on stage. And it wasn't until I just fell into doing this podcast with Paul. I was, I, he had a podcast called the Paul Smith podcast at the time, which was um, being filmed at the um, Hot Water Comedy Club. And um, so he used to, used to be Paul with guests or like it was a lot of like it was very male orientated. Yeah. And I used to say to Paul, you should have some women on because it's very aimed at like men. Yeah. And I said, and a lot of the listeners are, for, are men. I could bet I could bet my money on it. Right. And yeah. um, he was like, yeah, I think he had um, what was the name? That singer. Uh, God, blonde girl. Oh, I don't remember now. Um I mean, I wouldn't know. Yeah, so you, the one, the Scow singer who she sings around all the clubs and stuff like that. But they had her on. I think they, it was really, it was a really good one. Yeah. So then the lockdown, the second lockdown hit, and obviously they couldn't have any guests at the club and you know all that. So he said to me, "Do you fancy like being a guest? But we'll do like a lockdown special in the house." Yeah. So. Um, I was like, sound, yeah, whatever you need me to do. Do you know what I mean? So yeah. there was no pressure because it was it wasn't like we'd gone, I know, let's start a podcast, you know, and then yeah. there's that pressure on me. Yeah. Because yeah. to be honest, like I would I wouldn't have liked to have done it like that because yeah. otherwise I would have felt a tremendous pressure to be funny, to be this, mm -hmm. to be that. Mm -hmm. So I literally record we recorded the first podcast in his kitchen in I had my pajamas on. Yeah. Like I'd made an effort, I'd do my makeup. <laughs> like, <laughs> but I had me like grey velvet, crushed velvet pajamas on like a proper yeah, jippo. Yeah. <laughs> like but I mean, a, it was locked down. I can say, it was... mind you, I can say jippo because my family are Romany gypsies. Well, they were Romany gypsies. So don't fucking get me on that one. Like, oh, you're fucking racist towards gypsies. Well, <laughs> I, I can say it. Um, yeah. But yeah, and it wasn't until I didn't know I was going to be on camera. Mm. Um, because I've never been one for like being at Instagram. Oh, I'm just gonna film myself doing things. Yeah. Like I was always quite awkward on camera. And when he switched the camera on, I don't know. It just like we recorded it for like two hours straight, and it was just it was funny. Like we bounced yeah. off each other, and he just turned the camera. He turned the press stop record, and he just went, "Oh my god!" He went. He was a natural, you know what I mean? And mm -hmm. and there was when he started putting clips online, I was saying things just normally, just telling stories and this, that and the other. And um, people, because people started to love us, like we didn't expect it to be like go as big as it did. Yeah. And um, people, like, how I knew when I was officially funny was yeah. when people started doing TikToks of me. <laughs> And that's when I knew people, you know, when people yeah. lip sync, yeah, yeah, people yeah. was lip syncing what I had said on some things that I'd said on the wow. podcast. And I was like, wow. Yeah. yeah. Like, I know that sounds really ridiculous, but that's how I knew. Oh, wow. I thought maybe I've got something here. Maybe yeah. I have got things to talk about. Like I was talking about like my kids getting bullied and me going down to the school with a baseball bat and stuff like that. And then Paul's <laughs> sitting next to me going, you can't say that. And I'm like, why? I, I'll rag kids. I don't give a fuck. Yeah. <laughs> I don't get it. I was being horrible to my bastard kids. And, yeah. I, and I thought, oh, fuck, I've fucked it there. You know, I've got, I've said too much here. Yeah, <laughs> and then and then, but no, everyone loved it. And then, so I yeah. thought, what you don't realise is funny. Yeah, it's funny. Yeah. Um. So, you know, so that's how it's 
that's how the spark in my brain started. And also, Paul mm. was the first, well, the first person to say to me, you've got something, mm. you need to explore it. Yeah. Like, don't be afraid. Like, so my husband is a massive, like, sort of support. Yeah, yeah, which you can see me. on yeah. social media yeah. and stuff. Not that, that you know. Yeah, because people have said to me, oh, do, does he mind you doing it? And I'm like, does he mind me doing it? He's the one who's like, just do it. Yeah. You know, he was the person that put it in my head. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know. Do you also think the reason why you're funny as well is because you're you're liberating women to be their truthful selves? Yeah, Because, yeah. like, all women probably feel that way about yeah. their children. Like, if you hurt my children, I will yeah. and be, just and, come and down. Everyone, and... I think what it is, right, and again, I'll go back to the podcast or YouTube podcast as a reference. I didn't... Um, realised the importance of being your complete 100% genuine self. Mm. Like, and that podcast allowed me to be comfortable enough to just be myself. And I think that really, like, has... I've seen the impact that it's had on yeah. other women. Mm. So, like, I've, you know, people only see this Instagram because Instagram's bullshit, do you know yeah. what I mean? Yeah, yeah, Like, people only see this Instagram, oh, look at, like, bet she's got it, she's got shit together, this, that, and the other. But if you look behind the curtain mm. of, like, my past, like, some people wouldn't believe it, but I have been quite open about you know, I was a teen mum. I was like, mm. you know, I was. I, there was moments when I literally fucking had no electric in my house, you know, and yeah. I sit there with a candle and I used to have to feed the kids freaking packet pasta. Do you know what I mean? Because yeah, I was yeah. so like skin and, you know, and I think it's important to celebrate that, that sort of, call it your shadow self or whatever. Yeah. So I used to try and spend years hiding or pretending that that wasn't me. Yeah. But I think this is what this show, I mean, I'm crazy for even like, we'll go into that in a minute, but like this is what my show that I'm going to be doing um, for the festival. Yeah. Like that's what I, where I wanted to start. Mm. So in because I've started in this industry, I'm really new, you yeah. know, I'm completely new, I'm absolutely shitting myself every day <laughs> gets closer. Yeah. And, uh, but I really wanted to sort of like talk about so that people can relate because there's so many women that have, or are in or have been in my position that yeah. I was back then. And I just want people to know that like, you can be in a fucking shit place, right? Yeah. But that doesn't mean that you to to give up or to yeah. to not pursue things or not like push towards your dreams or and yeah. that sounds really like oh your dreams and this you know. But um, I really wanted I want to show that side of myself, which yeah. I think I have like yeah. you know since people have got to know me in the public eye and stuff like that. Um, the difference in my how people see me from when I first got with Paul and I was just pictures on Instagram. Yeah. So then when I done, um, started doing the podcast, the dynamic shift there was like, people were like, oh, like they didn't realise I was going to be like that. Because all people yeah. see is tits and tits and teeth, you yeah. know. And all like, oh God, I bet she's with him for money. And but mm. like, but then when we done the podcast together, I think people got it. Yeah. And they were like, oh no, she's not just about, Oh, oh, look at her. Look, she looks mm -hmm. like a dolly bird or whatever. There's actually, I've got many sides to me, you know. Yeah, yeah. And I am quite, uh, I'm quite boyish. I'm quite, <laughs> but I do scrub up well. Yeah. Like I yeah, can yeah, go yeah. to a fancy do and people go, wow, she looks amazing. Like, yeah. but really, I'm rough as fuck. 
Yeah. But I love that. About I think that's your charm. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, yeah. I think that's what's so charming about you yeah. is that you've got that kind of rough. Yeah. Hysteria. You know what I mean? Because yeah. I think, the, like, I'm a bit like that. I'm a bit rough. Like, people think I'm like this lady. And I'm like, I, I'm I'm from, like, little New Zealand. Like, we don't have ladies. I love the accent. That you yeah. go, I'm from New, uh, New Zealand. <laughs> like, you know? We don't I'm like from the Bronx. <laughs> <laughs> the Bronx of New Zealand. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, uh, we that was a really shit accent, by the way. That's all right. Sorry. It's all right. No one can do my accent. <laughs> it always sounds Australian. <laughs> yeah. 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 So I totally understand what you're saying, like, like, you know, coming yeah. from little New Zealand, like we're not, we're quite rough around the edges. Yeah. We're real laid back kind of people. Builds character though, doesn't it, when you're it from. It does. All right. Some of the stuff, when I think back, I think a lot of it are blocked out. So I'm trying to open up those old, yeah. um, those old Pandora's boxes of trauma. <laughs> but in the trauma is a lot of comedy. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> so there's a lot of, uh, there's a lot of stuff there that like, you know, you could, I can look back on now and go, fucking hell, that is just jokes. Yeah. But also <laughs> makes a great show. Yeah. Like as we're saying, like yeah. the show that it's coming to, because this yeah. is the first, is this going to be the first oh, time you God, do it? mate, I swear to God, like I literally seen that, you know, things just like come to you and yeah. you think, I mean, whether people believe this or not, but, you know when things get shown to you and you think, why has that got shown to me, right? Yeah. Because women in comedy, Instagram, it's not something that I used to click on a lot. So yeah. if you like, you know, algorithms, when you click on something, yeah. it shows you more yeah, of what yeah, you clicked yeah. on. I never clicked on it. Like, I, followed you, I followed you guys, but I never clicked on it. And that for some reason, it got shown to me the post about oh we're gonna we're taking applicants for the women in Cos comedy festival, mm. um, and I was like, and it was at a certain pinnacle point at the time when I seen that, um, it was like shown to like you know what I mean? Yeah, it was like yeah, shown yeah, to yeah, me yeah. because I was doubting a load of stuff and I was doubting myself mm. and I don't know. It got shown to me and then I thought fuck it, I'm just gonna apply. Right, yeah. I had no show. Had no name for a show, had no idea, hadn't even, I'd done a couple of gigs, yeah. like literally. So I applied for it and um, didn't think anything of it because I know that you don't accept everyone. I thought, yeah. no way are they going to accept me. They're going to be like, well, who's this chancer here? <laughs> She's yeah. a fucking joker. So, so I just done it, didn't think anything else of it, right? And then... Something else happened in my personal life. And then that that day, I got the email to say, your show has been accepted for the Women in Comedy Festival. And I was like, oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> and then instantly, so my dickhead brain, because I've got a dickhead brain. Yeah. My dickhead brain was like, you're not going to do it, are you? Do you know what I mean? You're yeah. just going to have to tell them no. And for a little bit, I, I hesitated a little mm. bit because you was messaging me going, where, you know, you got to send this over, you got to send that over. And I was like, oh. <laughs> and I think and I, I, I think, bullied you, don't yeah, you? <laughs> I think I was the last person yeah. to send my yeah. shit over. And I think Carla messaged me because yeah. I'd already um, knew Carla anyway because yeah. um, she, she'd done a few things with Paul, uh, Carla Spite, and um, she messaged me. On the, I think it was the day before it was due in. Yeah. All of the paperwork and everything. And she was like, oh, I'm dealing with this. So, I want, you know, get that in. If you need any help, let me know. And I was like, 
Okay. So I think she rang me. Yeah. I asked her a question. I thought, oh, I'm going to do this. So I was like filling in the stuff. And then I said, I need some help with like writing a um, description of the show Mm. and blah, blah, blah. So So she rang me. And me and Carla was on the phone for about two hours, I think, that night. And she was just, you know, I just yeah. needed someone yeah. to just give me a little pet talk and be like, yeah, and just, you know, just make me feel a little bit less alone yeah. with it. Yeah. Because if I'm left to my own devices, <laughs> like I can talk myself in and out of anything. So, oh, okay. so yeah, yeah. So, um, so, yeah, that was really helpful with talking to Carla. Yeah. Because she really was like, yeah, you know, like, because we're all our worst critic, aren't we? Like yeah. we're all our yeah, worst yeah, critic. Yeah. Uh, but then I am, I am my biggest sort of advocate as well on the flip side of it. But yeah, Carla was just there going, yeah, just this, that, and the other. Just made me feel a bit more at ease. Um, so when I obviously sent it, I sent it literally that night because she'd helped me a little bit. Um, and then I hadn't told Paul. I hadn't told anybody. Oh, really? No, because I thought I'm just gonna just not tell anyone mm. so that I don't feel immense pressure. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But then the closer it got to it, I, because I, I think you guys put it out there, you announced the, all the shows and I yeah. had to tell him because then obviously it was going to be on social media and he'd have been like, why haven't you told me that you're doing your own show? Yeah. <laughs> so uh, I said to him, I went, just going to let you know, like I'm kind of like doing a show. And he went, what do you mean? I went, uh, you know, like what you do. <laughs> yeah. He went, what do you mean what I do? I went, what, what you do? You know, like like a full like hour. <laughs> and he was like, where are you? What, you? what do you mean? Where are you doing that? And I was like, well, like Woman in Comedy Festival. And he was like, so you're doing your own show. <laughs> How many gigs have you done? I was like, yeah, yeah. And he was like, he said, you know what? He went, you're fucking mad. He went, I admire your yeah. bravery. He went, I don't know any other fucker like you. <laughs> he said, you're fucking, he went, you're boss. At the, um, but at the same time, you nuts. <laughs> yeah. But it's the, the right festival for it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because it's just a nice, yeah. safe festival. I, mean, I think it's mainly my friends and family that are coming. But that's, but but that's, that's the joy that, of yeah. it, right? Yeah. So you get that because a lot of people are doing whips. There's so many people well, doing their this first. this is another thing what yeah. I was going to say. So I've just gone, yeah, this show. Right. And Paul's gone, why didn't you say it was a whip? And I went, yeah, didn't think of that either. Because I literally looked at all the other comedians on the on there and they were all like, yeah, work in progress, work in progress. <laughs> There's me. I've got a full established show that I've never performed before, but it's not a work in progress. It's a full show. And I didn't put whip on it. But, you know, I'm just going to have to say, look, listen, this is definitely a whip. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's definitely a work it. My audiences are pretty yeah. good, you know. They're so yeah. supportive. I think um I think for me like I'm a bad procrastinator. Mm. So um which and I think all we're all comics. Oh yeah, yeah, like They're all bad procrastinators. Yeah, and so I think I'm still in the process of finding what works for me mm. and with writing because Paul's not really a good example. Mm. He does he's not really a good teacher for me when it comes to me trying to write because yeah. Paul doesn't write nothing. He doesn't write anything. So yeah. he literally does not pen does not put pen to paper. Okay. So he does all these amazing shows. Does yeah. not put pen to paper at all. So obviously crowd work, that's crowd work. Obviously yeah. you don't put pen to paper for that. 
But his full tour shows with his material that he repeats every single freaking night, mm. he does not write anything down. Oh, wow. It's all in his head. God, and I'm like, I don't know. How I, I, how, what, what do you expect me to do with that? I can't use you for any freaking yeah. like insight or, you know, advice yeah. when it comes to writing because he doesn't write anything. So that was the, me being with Paul and that's my husband. That's mm. my experience is that he doesn't write. So that means I'm in this process of trying to figure out what works. For yeah. So I've got all these ideas in my head, but putting them from my head to the paper mm. is what I'm struggling with at the moment. Okay. I'm not one of what I'm, what I definitely know that I'm not, um, I'm not a word for word person. You know, yeah. comedians will write yeah. word for word and it's very like structured. Yeah, yeah. Me, because I am nat a natural, natural, genuine person, yeah. I had to follow any kind of word for word script. Yeah. That, and I've tried that before in my earlier gigs that I've done. Um, it's really threw me off. Yeah. And I've not felt genuine. Yeah. I need to feel like I'm being genuine. Um, on stage, otherwise, it, there's no point. <laughs> mm, okay, yeah, yeah. So, do you do like bullet points then? Yeah. Are so I more... started doing bullet points. Yeah. Um, but do you know what's mad? Like I've started carrying a a, a, pa a pen and paper with me everywhere yeah. I go, because um, I used to put stuff on my phone. I've still got stuff on my phone, but yeah. I just feel like the tangible of when you tangibly write, hold a pen, yeah. and you put it to paper. That is what sticks. Yeah, um, yeah. And, the, and it's annoying because I've just got scraps of paper with loads of scribbles on. Sometimes I can't read my own. I'll write it like when I woke up in the morning yeah. at six o'clock. I'll just get this like, idea in my brain and then I'll write it down and it doesn't make sense the next day. <laughs> Oh my god, there's a Seinfeld episode of that. Have you oh, ever watched really? Seinfeld? No. Oh yeah, there's an episode he wakes up in the night and he laughs at how great the joke was. Yeah. And then the whole episode is him trying to figure out what the joke was. <laughs> That is literally yeah. right. <laughs> yeah, and then it wasn't funny. Oh, yeah. <laughs> At the end when yeah. he figures it out. So yeah. um so yeah, so I'm still I'm still navigating a lot. I'm navigating a lot. I'm gonna talk about like my my own mental sort of like um I've no I've learned a lot about myself and I've got a lot of battles in terms mm. of I sound like a right nut job here, but but I I'm being I'm just talking I think it's because there's a lot of pressure on me, I feel. I don't okay. know whether that is what other people think. But in my head, because I'm with Paul, mm. there's a lot of pressure um, for, and people will be like, oh, she's not, you know, expect me to be funny and this, that and yeah. the other. Um, so there's no, like, um, era for you to be able to be. To just, to just to have the press. Because if I ever go to a gig, I always know some, they always know me or yeah. I know them. Yeah, and sometimes I just want to go somewhere where no one knows who I am. Yeah, like, and, and and that sounds really fucking like I'm going. Oh, look, everyone knows who I am. Yeah. I don't mean that. I just mean, you know, when you start out in the, in this industry, I'd love to have just started out where no one. Yeah, just being just normal from the beginning. Open yeah, yeah, and everyone's like, oh, just it's just the girl called Laura. You know, yeah, it's not. Oh, it's not Paul Paul Smith's wife or yeah or whatever. Yeah, yeah. so I think um, to get over that side of things as at to break through that and just mm. think right I don't give a fuck 
Yeah. You know, just not caring about whether people go, oh, she's what's she doing comedy for now? Because she's with Paul and all yeah. of this. Because what them people, those people, and there's people online, you know. Yeah. I mean, I'm a lot better equipped at dealing with it than probably Paul is. Paul's a bit more sensitive to stuff like that. People would not think that about him, but he definitely, he definitely is. I'm a proper brummy, don't give a fuck. Do you know yeah. what I mean? I'm a bit, yeah. more, a bit more, like, harder. But, um, yeah, like... You get people that go, oh, it's funny now she's starting this and trying to take his limelight away. I'm like, oh, God. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. It's pathetic. But um, so, yeah, trying to break through that hurdle. But also, it's the every time, what I've noticed, uh, and I'm still working on it now, is where every time I have a gig, right, even mm. just a normal, just like in a, in a pub, wherever, I have to work through a process of negative minds where yeah. I literally have my dickhead brain that goes, why are you doing this? Mm. Like, you're shit. Don't do this, you know. Yeah. Like, you should probably just make an excuse and just not do it. Like, literally, I could do a whole TikTok about being this side of my brain. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's a yeah. Cunt. Sorry for saying cunt, but it literally yeah, is. you can swear, it's fine. Yeah. It literally is like it's and it's so loud and it's mm. you and it's uh, that is what I've really noticed about myself. Now I class myself I'm a very strong minded person. I've I've got over a lot of advert you know, a lot of yeah. shit in my life. So doing a bit of comedy, talking to people is not a weak point of mine. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so it surprised me about myself mm. why I get it so strong, you know. Yeah. And um, so I'm just constantly in a battle. But that's a personal battle, which, you know, probably not a lot of people, a lot of people probably go through. Yeah, actually a lot of women go through. We talk yeah. a lot about confidence, yeah. right? especially in, like, in the open mic circuit, yeah. in the gong shows, a yeah. lot of women, you know. So it's rejection, isn't it? And it's women, I, although I know this is like, Saying, oh, but women aren't used to rejection as much as men. Yeah. We're just not. Like, and that, and I think I've always try, I've tried to figure out why is there less women in comedy than men or why is it uh, known as a man's world? Yeah. And I think that, I think there's loads of reasons, but yeah, I think yeah. that's one of them. It um, was actually in my old boss uh, back in Aotearoa, he said that um, it's because more females are actors because they can tap into their emotional oh, world. right, yeah, Whereas yeah, that's men's emotions are making fun of. Yeah, oh, right, yeah, So yeah. they feel more comfortable doing stand-up. Being the jester. Being you know? the jester because yeah. it's easier for them to yeah. make fun of their demons yeah. than actually be emotional yeah, about yeah. them. Yeah, wow, that's interesting. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, so that was kind of... As I said, there's loads of reasons why. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I think... And a lot of, you know, the, the traditional, oh, women should look after the children and like all of that. And yeah. women can't go around touring around clubs and stuff on the nighttime because they have to be at home make, cooking yeah. dinner and all of that yeah, bollocks. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, I know that's not the, like that in this society now. God, freaking, I can't cook to save my bastard life. But you know, Paul is a, a, an amazing cook and uh -huh. it's a good job because we'd be eating yeah. Shit, otherwise, <laughs> my, my son's in Ben is in the room and he's he's nodding. He's like, yeah, yeah. she's shit. <laughs> <laughs> but I excel in other areas, don't I, Ben? <laughs> he doesn't have a mic, so he's <laughs> silent. <laughs> he needs to be so. <laughs> Cheeky. Cheeky. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, I think. Um, 
Right, yeah. Mike Good's fag ball, apparently. So we'll just oh, record good. that. We'll record yeah, that on well, there. That, that's yeah. now stems in there, a good fag ball. Yeah, that's all I like. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think um, that's why I, I think it is more of a personal challenge mm. for me doing what I'm doing. And it's not about... Um, oh, is it? Sorry. Um, my, phone, my phone's going off. Uh, <laughs> it's not about... Um, trying to sort of you know get you know get to the same level as my husband it's yeah. not about trying to be like my husband it's not a trying to i'm not trying to gain fame or whatever this is so personal to me mm. and the the challenge how as you know how far i've come already which might not seem a lot to many people or, or on the grand scheme of things but it's not until I look back from when I first thought about doing comedy to now. Yeah. It's baby steps. But still, there's, prog you know, I've progressed yeah. already. And I might kick myself every time I come off stage. Like I said, we're always, like, so critical of ourselves. Yeah. And, you know, you always see the flaws in what you do. And, and other people always see, oh, my God, that was great and all that. But then you're like, oh, no, but um, that was shit and this was shit. And, yeah. um but I've noticed the difference because I'm a confident woman. Mm. But when <laughs> something about it's the same with singing, I'm quite a good singer, right? Yeah. Not like Mariah Carey. But if you put me on stage to sing serious, yeah. so not in character, I can sing yeah. in character all day long. I could do yeah. a musical all day long to you. You know what I mean? Yeah, I could do yeah, a, yeah. I could do a song from Hamilton, like in the <laughs> character of King George. Like I could do it all day, but. If you put me on stage to sing a serious ballad as myself in yeah. my own voice, I would absolutely cack my pants. Mm, mm, I would mm, die. Mm. I would yeah. die. Yeah. So there's something, and I don't know why that is. And Paul always he said to me, that's so weird that you're this confident person. You've been on stage, like, you know, all your childhood. and but Yeah, yeah. Yeah. If you was to put go on as yourself. Yeah. But so you, in comedy and or singing, yeah. absolutely like cripples me. Do you so. think it's that's what drew you to drama in the first place? Like you said that you went and you studied it, and because there's that joy of being an actor, you get yeah, to play yeah, other you people. get to play other people. And the thing is, it sounds you'd expect someone like who's does who is comfortable with playing other people. You'd think, oh, they must not like themselves. But I actually, I'm very happy with who I am, and I'm very proud of who I am mm. and I and I like who I am as a person I like my personality so it's not like a, oh I hate myself so I'm just going to be other people yeah I just don't know I think it comes from um I think if, if we want to go deep we're deep yeah but if we go back to like obviously when I had I, I had two kids before I was 20 and you know, my my ex, it was, it was just like such a weird and different time than what my life is now, mm. you know, and um, didn't have a pot to piss in. We had some, I'd done some weird jobs, like, you know, and I just like, oh, you always have that sort of, when you're like not reaching your potential, when you're down yeah. there and you just like really like got limited beliefs, mm. that kind of... Uh, instilled in youth and it's hard to get rid of yeah so when um even when your life transforms and you come in you know and i've worked hard to get here because before it not just with like marrying paul i'm not talking about that just even before that i started my own business so i've still got 
a business now, a very successful business, in, and uh, I've got I've actually got a skill yeah. that pays pays the bills, you know. Um, and I'm very proud of that. I've been doing that for eight years, so I'm a microblading specialist, which is basically simulating eyebrows on. So I work with a lot of cancer patients. Oh wow! So, um, so yeah, I work with a lot of pe people with um, men and women that have got alopecia, and um, so I. It's basically, if people don't know what microblading is, it's a form of tattooing, but you use a, a manual blade, oh, wow. and you dip the pigment into the and you. You basically draw hair strokes into the skin, so it's more like a natural. It yeah. looks you portraiting an eyebrow, oh, wow. basically. And um, I started that. I went through all my life just starting things, never finishing them. Yeah. And that was just. And I think it comes from a fear of failure, mm. a fear of success. Yeah. A fear of failure. Yeah. A fear of just like I don't know. And it's and it was pathetic. And I used to think, why have I got so much potential? Um, and I've got so many opportunities come my way, yet I don't seem to follow them through. Mm. And um, my business was the first thing that I ever was success, like that followed through yeah. and actually made the success of. And I think that was really needed for me because then, be I, you know, any time I doubt myself, even in comedy, I'll relate yeah. If like when I used to start doing microblading, because it's quite a, a it's big responsibility, you literally cutting faces. <laughs> People are paying you to cut their face, yeah, and they're trusting you with their whole face and their beauty and their yeah. you know it's not no joke you know it's not a yeah. joke. So um, when because I've realised that when you start something you shit you shit at everything you yeah. start and you've yeah. got to be prepared to be okay with that yeah and. That, so this is the first time. It's a lot of responsibility. People are paying me a lot of money. You know, I started earning a lot of money, and which I'd never earned. I'd never even dreamed that mm. I would earn myself that much money. Yeah. And um, I used to dread when people used to knock my door because I started it in my house oh, when wow. I was pregnant. Yeah. <laughs> with my third child. And people used to, I used to wait for people because back down in Torquay, because I live between here and uh, right in, in Liverpool and Torquay. Yeah. And I'd moved from Birmingham there. So I was the first person to bring microblading to um, Devon, oh, the wow. whole of Devon. <laughs> and uh, so when I put it out there, like everyone was really doubtful and was like, no one's going to pay that much money for their eyebrows. Mm. And I was like, well, might as well just see. Yeah. You know, you can only see. When I put it out there, God, the, like the influx, I just didn't expect it. So I was booking people in and obviously I'm I'm a beginner, I'm a learner, like yeah. I'm still shit. You know, I'm cutting faces and I'm still shit. And people would come to my door and I think, please just cancel. Because mm. the fear. Yeah. And that pressure and that yeah. responsibility crippled me again. And I can relate it to what I'm doing now. Yeah. Anytime you start anything new, yeah. sometimes the fear will take over and people just stop doing things because they just can't deal with it. Yeah. And that's what I keep relating back to is there moments when I thought, oh, I can't do this anymore. It's I, I like, you know, yeah. just absolutely petrified that I'm going to fuck someone's face up or be shit or yeah. whatever. Yeah. And but I still persevered and I still carried on. And then I became like really successful and I made mm. loads of money, you know, yeah. and I've had two salons now like that have that I've built from 
from scratch. I've just like, I paid for everything myself, never got any loans, nothing. Yeah, wow. And, um, you know, I'm known down there now, like, yeah. oh, I've, I've known for different reasons now. But I mean, before yeah. before comedy and before Paul or anything, yeah, I used to be the, oh, it's the brown, oh, it's the brown lady. Like, you know, because yeah. I used to, and I used to, well, I still do it now. I still do cancer uh, patients for free. Yeah. Um, and alopecia patients for free. So I do a lot of stuff like that. But I think as much as that's so far, that industry of beauty is so far away from what I'm doing now, but it's played a really key role yeah. in for me to actually, do you know what? If you just persevere, if you just hold on and just don't give up, you will you will get somewhere. Yeah. You just break through them barriers, break through them walls of being of that fear that people yeah. get. Yeah. Do you think that um some of your clients may have been your first audience? Because yeah. obviously oh, you've got to make people feel comfortable where you kind of like unknown to yourself. Mate, my salon is a, it is a comedy club. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not joking. In my salon in down in Torquay yeah. is known for being crazy because we I am just my complete self. So yeah. you've hit a really good point there because the amount of clients, I've got a thousand, over a thousand yeah. clients and people just come in and go, you need to be on stage, like yeah. you, literally, because I am just my authentic self. I swear, I talk about really inappropriate things. But you know what? I've never had a complaint and I've been mm. doing it for eight years. Wow. And not one single person, doesn't matter how posh they are, yeah. they're the worst ones. Yeah. <laughs> they're, they're the naughtiest yeah. ones. Yeah, yeah. Like, they'll come in and they could be the poshest up their own ass person. And they'll be on my bed for five minutes. And they're laughing yeah. and they're like, they relax. You can see it, relax. Because yeah. I'm with them for three hours. Yeah. They're there with me with a blade to their face. Yeah. They ain't got a choice. Yeah. So yeah. <laughs> you will fucking laugh and you will shut yeah. the fuck up. <laughs> so there you go. So they were yeah. your first audience. Yeah. So you already had that yeah. natural ability to make these people yeah. laugh. Because that's a tough. That's yeah, tough, yeah. especially people who are dealing with cancer, yeah. who are, you know, really struggling and you've got to work. And that, to, yeah. that is training and there I think, in your comedy. Yeah, well, this is, um, I think I am a very, I'm a people person. I make people feel yeah. good. And I know that about myself and I'm yeah. quite confident to say I make people feel comfortable. Yeah. Like I'm not, if, if there's a room and there's no sound, you know, I'll feel it, you know. Yeah. Um, and I think that's why I've leaned towards um, hosting because um, I've, I've, I mean, weirdly, I am a bit of a weird anomaly, I think, from in the comedy industry. Because a lot, most comedians, when they start out, the thought of hosting absolutely petrifies yeah. them. Whereas it's the other way around for me. Mm. Like I'm hosting tonight. I'm hosting um, a gig at Allerton Road. Um, it's called Hand Comedy. It's just a little little gig, but it's the second time I've hosted for them now. But when I first hosted. Um, for them where they asked me to be the MC. Yeah. Um, the fear that fear that I spoke about wasn't there. Wow. Because I the thought of not having to remember anything yeah. fills me with joy. So <laughs> <laughs> that's fucked up, isn't it? Yeah. It's fucked up. Like, and whereas the most comedians are like, I know I need structure, I need to yeah. know what I'm gonna say. I can't have that spontaneous, you know. Whereas yeah. for me, that's what I'm used to. I'm used to Having people on my bed, like you said, in like, you know, not in my real bed, but yeah. like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but in my salon and, us, you know, just having that banter and having, uh, so I know how to talk to people. And I think 
and I'm quite quick-witted as well. Yeah. And obviously I'm with Paul and, you know, I pick up a lot off him. Yeah. I go to all, as many gigs as I can and his tour shows. So I think uh, I've had a good teacher in that regard, you know. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I really enjoy hosting. And I think with hosting as well, emceeing, you can, it's, it takes the pressure off the time. So, you know, like, obviously you've got to stick to the time. Yeah. But I never wear a watch because... If I know that that watch is there and I've got to say I've got to be on for 10 minutes and then I've got to introduce an act, yeah. like, that kills my vibe that I can't. Oh, really? Yeah, I can't. I can't know that I've got to keep to a time. So I just kind of guess it. <laughs> and yeah. so far, I've done all right. I've never gone over. I've never been under. I've oh, been wow. fine. I've been, like, maybe a minute here or yeah, there over. Yeah. But, like, as far as... Um, yeah, that. If I have to think about looking, if I look, yeah. have to look at my watch, yeah, and I know some people are like, "Wow, you've got a kind." Of, at some point, you're gonna have to have a watch yeah. or something. But I need to just get used to like yeah. being on stage to before I start wearing yeah. a bloody watch. Well, I mean, most pro clubs like ours has a red light. Yeah, yeah, I know that. Yeah, goes, minute, yeah. off yeah. you get. Yeah. <laughs> Yes, don't Time really don't really matter if I go over on the little nights, but but yeah, I don't know. Like I think what I was going to say was with the with hosting, I can go into my material mm. based on what someone said. So if I've got I've got loads of little banked yeah. banked stories, yeah, yeah. And if someone starts talking about oh, have you got kids? Like, yeah. And then have you got teenagers? Oh wow! And I go into my go into my little materials yeah. about my kids and my life and. My yeah. husband and my my you know background and my history, so and and I've been able to explore and do a lot of new stuff as well. Oh, cool. So any sort of like sometimes things have just come off yeah. the top of my head that I've never done on stage before. Yeah, um, and they've turned into bits because just based on hosting. Yeah. So um, that's what I've started my own sort of little comedy nights because down oh. south. Yeah. Where um, where I'm half my time, so down in Torquay, there is literally no comedy nights. Okay. So you've got a guy's just started doing Torquay Comedy Club, um, but he does like that's like mainly pro comedians. Yeah. But um, in terms of like you know like open mics yeah. and stuff like that, or like something like what you guys have got, where you've got a beat the frog and yeah, there's nothing like that down there. Yeah. And it's just such a shame because anyone who's a budding comedian, like to do anything or to get stage time, they have to go up north yeah. or at least to Birmingham, maybe to Bristol. There's a couple of little ones in yeah, Bristol. Yeah. Um, I don't really like the Bristol comedy um, scene, though. I'm not a fan of it. Okay, oh. I've never been to Bristol. Nah, I don't know. I'm not what a fan of like. Bristol, to be honest. Okay. Like, sorry if anyone's from Bristol who's listening to this, but it's just not my vibe. I don't know yeah. why. But um, maybe I've just had a couple of bad experiences. Maybe. But I went to a comedy night in Bristol just to check it out because I was gonna ask to be like be put on the, uh, be considered for a slot. And um, someone someone asked, "Oh, who's got kids?" And then I was the only one that put my hand up, and I thought, "I don't know whether these are my audience here." Because <laughs> if I talk start talking about kids and stuff like yeah. that, and like being a mum, and then literally no one relates to me, like I, I thought maybe this isn't the uh, place for me. Do you think it's too studenty? Think so, yeah. Like, I mean, I've got student, but I've got I've got things that are suitable for younger people. Yeah. But I just thought I just don't know. Maybe maybe it was just the night that I went on. But yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But um, so I can't. I can only go off the one place that I've gone. Yeah. But um, as I said, there's nothing down. From Bristol downwards, yeah. there's nothing. And um, 
so I thought about, I've been th thinking for ages about making sure that, well, tr trying to create nights yeah. myself so that I can get stage time. Yeah. But <laughs> like, that's how they all do I it, know, though. So that's thought, how they all do it. Well, if there's no fucking stage time, then I'll just create my own. Yeah. You know? So um, I've, I've called it Chuckle Fuckers Comedy. <laughs> That's the termination we use uh, on our side of the it? world. Yeah, that's what we literally oh, use. Really? Yeah. What, for someone who's with a comedian yeah. or like, yeah, yeah, like yeah. 20 people? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so I called it that because I thought, well, it's catchy. You know? It is catchy. It's memorable. Yeah. Um. So I, start, so I started doing it in Birmingham because I'm, obviously I'm from Birmingham, as yeah. you all can tell. Um. And I was I grew up in a place called Sutton Coalfield, which is a nice part of Birmingham. It's actually quite posh. Okay. Yeah. Um. So I thought, if I'm going to do it anywhere, I'm going. If I'm going to start anywhere, if I've got, I've got all that nostalgic hist yeah. history, yeah. all of them jokes, all that yeah. old time banter, you know, yeah, yeah. But so I thought, I'm just going to um, start a little night there in my mate's bar, and I had the first launch of it um, back in August. Okay. And uh, sold out. Yeah, only a little fifty seater. That's good. Like, sold out, um, and I was hosting. Uh, and then uh, the next one's on Sunday, so then go. yeah, I saw that. I saw yeah. the next one's on Sunday. And then now there's one in Torquay. Oh. Now I had a uh, Hampton Boy Hilton uh, events manager approach me and said, "Hey, do you fancy putting on chuckle fuckers uh, here?" So it's right on the harbour. It's like it's and it's a hundred seater. Oh, cool. So, um, so yeah, so that's on the 26th of October down there, and uh, I think I've sold over half the tickets already for yeah. that. Because there's such a demand for it. Yeah. You know, the yeah. only thing is it's harder to get some of the northern comedians down that far. Yeah. So yeah, so I have to pay them a little bit yeah. more. Same with the London Because then yeah. they're losing the next night, you see, because yeah. they're, they're not going to travel back the next day. On the night, sorry, after the yeah. gig. So then they'd have to go back the next day and then they'd probably lose, yeah. you know, maybe lose the next night. Yeah, same with the London X. Yeah. Yeah come up that way yeah that's the, that's probably the hard part of comedy yeah is... but it's easier though isn't it for london for transport for like transport links like the train's pretty good isn't it mm, up here to manchester no, because the last train going back to london is at 9 15 oh shit no so yeah. if you're a yeah. middle act and especially on thursday when we're doing trials yeah they want to just come up like you said they don't want to yeah. give up they want to perform in the north yeah. but they also don't want to give up yeah, a whole weekend in London, and so like coming up, and then mm. the last train's at nine fifteen. You're you're on mm. stage at that time. Yeah, so yeah. Really also, tough. London, London. I know that London comedy scene is a whole different like entity, isn't it? Yes. Um, and I've uh, I still want to delve into that and just make my own <laughs> make my own decisions on yeah, that. Like, yeah, but yeah, yeah. Paul's uh, I mean, Paul's like sells he, he on his tour. He sells uh, he usually does Leicester Square Theatre. Oh yeah. And I think because London, it's a bit like, what's the word? I was going to use a word. Maybe a bit like clicky or whatever in like yeah. that sort of like uh, in the comedy thing. And if you're not on t TV or if you're not, yeah. blah, 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 it's a bit like, oh. Yeah. But, um, well, they don't realise there's a whole comedy scene above. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, what is it? What's the motor? What do you guys? You use motorways as your like. Yeah, yeah. The M, is it the M? 
two. The oh, I don't know. I, what, I don't. But know, anyway, but once you get I only past, go on the M5 and the yeah. M6. That is my life. <laughs> but you know, when you go past London, they forget that there's like a yeah, booming yeah. industry yeah. up in the north. Like, but there's, there's so, so there's so much comedy, like yeah. all like it's thriving down there. But I, so I have looked at doing a couple of nights in London, uh, and I will do it just for the yeah. experience. Like because you've just got to, haven't you? Yeah, you, know, you get do, in, you got to get involved as much as I think. That's what I think for me to. Um, I think the identity change has been the most difficult thing mm. for me because we all have these identities for ourselves. Like, yeah. okay, like oh, she's the brow lady. I'm the brow lady, and this is what I do. Yeah. And then to try and shift completely from that identity yeah. to the one that I'm sort of transitioning into now. Um, it requires more than just doing comedy. It requires yeah. you literally eating, breathing, sleeping, freaking, like surrounding yourself with everything to do with it. Like, you know, like I've look, been looking at comedy courses and, and Paul's like, you don't need a comedy course. I'm like, yeah, I know, but I just want to like be doing stuff that's yeah. like just related to ev ev everything comedy all the time. Like, yeah. you know, uh, we went to the Edinburgh, Paul had show in Edinburgh, but it wasn't part of the Edinburgh Fringe. Yeah. But we was, he had a show there in the O2 um, mm. Academy at the same time as the Fringe. So everyone, when I put something on, people just thought he was doing Fringe shows. Yeah. And I was like, no, he's not. But we just went. It's the first time I ever experienced. Oh. And I was like, wow, I love it. And yeah. Paul was like, yeah, just like, you know, just like not ass. He was like, yeah, there's, oh, do you? And I was like, oh, my God. I was like, I want to come here for a month next year. <laughs> Because you'll be you'll be saying something different after a month. You'll be yeah, like, I know, oh, I know. I'm well aware, but like, yeah, I was just like, wow, I love it. You know, walking through the streets. Yeah, it's just yeah, madness. It is. It is. It's its own like little. It's like a dome. Yeah, but I love that. It's like a mad little like yeah. like little fantasy world yeah, that you're is. just in. Yeah. And it is amazing. It's hard. Yeah, and there's, there's so many tears, weirdos, but I love yeah. it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. There is, there is. I worked it. I worked. For I said Gilda to, I said to, I've got to bring Ben because I've got an older daughter who's nearly yeah. nineteen, and I was like, I've got to bring Ben and Leah here. Yeah, because they would absolutely love it here. I would. It's so good at Edinburgh yeah. Fringe, and our our cameraman who was who we was with Rudy, uh, he was like. So we were drove, driving from the hotel and we thought we'll go around, you know, around and have a look at the fringe in, in yeah, the day. Yeah. And he got in the car and he put the sat nav on and he was like, take me to the fringe. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, you dickhead. <laughs> he was like, well, where is it? Like, what, where, what place is it? And I was like... It's not something you can say on the fucking Saturday. Yeah. And he was like, oh, so that was quite funny. Like, it's just, take me to the fringe. <laughs> and it would have been like, you could go here, 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 here. Everywhere. Everywhere. It's crazy. Like, you don't realise how big it is until you're in it. But I loved it. I yeah, like, yeah, it is cool. Next year. Yeah. Because we only had one day, so I was like, Ugh. And I wanted to just go, you know, just randomly just pop in and go and see some shows and like yeah. randomly yeah. time yeah. and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. Or like nine o'clock in the morning. Who puts a show on at nine o'clock in the morning? Edinburgh. <laughs> it's all Edinburgh. Who puts on a show at 11 o'clock at night when it's just full of drunk people? Edinburgh. Yeah, this shows, it used to be shows at like three in the morning, five in the morning. Crazy. Lineup shows. They were the brutal ones. Yeah, real tough because everyone's just drunk and crazy. Yeah. Yeah. No one remembers nah. after it. Yeah, and you're just like, oh, I just died the worst death. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah, so this show, yeah, I'm obviously still shitting myself. Yeah. Um, but it's going to be a great challenge. Talk myself out of it. Yeah. It's getting closer to it every time. I still haven't talked myself out of it. Good. But, um, yeah. Well, you can't because it's almost sold out, so you can't. So you <laughs> have to do it. You have to do it. Yeah. And then she has to do it. That's know, that's the rub. That's what your tagline should be. I know. <laughs> Buy more tickets. Buy more tickets. And then I, yeah. Yeah. But you're such an, um, you're really an inspiring person, I think. And I think a lot of people relate to that of who you are. I hope so. I yeah, hope so. I think so. And uh, I think, yeah, it's, 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 I still, I'm, I'm an advocate of obviously being yourself and not, you yeah. know, um, but I still have to remind myself of that a lot. And I try not to do what I think people will like and just do me. Yeah. And then if people like it, then great. And if not, then fuck them. <laughs> yeah. And I think I think that's a beautiful ending. It is. To a podcast. Yeah, it is. That is, you're right. <laughs> you I thought, please end it there because yes. that is, you can't beat that after No, you that. can't. You <laughs> fuck them. <can't>. Fuck them. <laughs> cool. All right. Thank you so much for having Thank me on. You. All right, we'll end it there.